Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, as always, Erin, um, here with a fantastic guest, uh, Deborah from Valiant Scribes. Say hi, Deborah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Erin. Thanks for hi. having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here, Deborah. I really appreciate it. Um, so, Deborah, as I mentioned, is a, is a uh, organizing member of Valiant Scribe, uh, which is a uh, literary publication um, which describes themselves as a organization that sits at the nexus of faith and social issues, uh, independent of each other and complementary of each other. Um, it seeks to shine a light on the issues ranging from violence against women, menstrual hygiene management, forced labor, human trafficking, mental health, empowerment impediments, uh, climate change, poverty, and migration. Uh, it is an initiative trying to raise awareness for human rights around the world in simple, digestible works of art and literature that can appeal to all. Uh, the attempt is accomplished through literary and philanthropic collaborations with social justice organizations and ad hoc projects. It calls to writers and artists who are unpaid to explore topics that make us blush, topics that make, that make us whisper, that we whisper about, and topics that haven't seen the light of day. So pretty incredible. How did, how did you even, how did this, um, how did Valiant Scribe even come about this kind of inspiration? Like what was organizing this like? Valiant Scribe was kind of my baby, and since when I was younger, since 13, actually, I started writing, and uh, I grew up in Nigeria, actually, and one of the main things was talking about, you know, uh, the rights of women and women's access to education, so I actually wrote a poem. Um, it was sponsored by the Center for Human Development and uh, Ford Foundation, Mm. Um, was one of the supporters for that. It was a national competition. It was basically about changing times, you know, how the demographic um, landscape of the country changes over generations and what women's empowerment looks like, you know, from the time when women are just seen as subjugated to a kitchen to actually being able to mm -hmm. have gainful employment and all of that and so it really was all about social issues. And then um, in my life, I got to, to do a lot of work on violence against women. And then I was recently exposed to um, menstrual hygiene management issues, which I, I didn't even know was a problem because I, I was lucky enough to grow up middle class. So you kind of have what you need. You have you have access to education. You have, you sure, know, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't have anything to worry about. You go on holidays. You know, life is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then um, I realized that a lot of um, women actually don't have that luxury. They're fighting for food um, to eat. Like um, that is a real struggle for some people. So they don't really have money to buy menstrual hygiene pro products. You know, so they're exposed to a lot of unhygienic practices. In some cases, young girls as young as 13 are married off just because the family can no longer afford to take care of their womanly upkeep. Once You're they kidding. Yeah, this is wow. true. Once they start menstruating, it's kind of like, okay, you're a woman now. Um, 
we can't take care of your education. We can't take care of, you know, this hygiene um, cost, added cost that come to this. And we're just going to, you know, give you off to someone who can take over the responsibility. Um, so you hear a lot of these. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, heartbreaking stories. Yeah. Um, and also I was exposed a lot to, you know, human trafficking and sex trafficking, uh, forced labor. So it really became a, a really something very close to my heart because the more you read about these things, the more you uncover more stories, the more heartbreaking and heart-wrenching it is, especially when you decide to embrace empathy and try to kind of see what would life be for me if I were in that situation, you know? Um, yeah. So luckily enough, I met a few like-minded people who have been very supportive and um, Valence Tribe was, was born just uh, last year, ending of last year, actually, December last year. Oh, still very young. Very young. Um, yeah. So actually, no. Ending of 2018. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Blame it on COVID. Not that it young. just feels, yeah, not that young. It just feels like. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Time is so weird. Time is so weird right now. <laughs> so it's it's like a, a year and a few months um, old, and our first competition was uh, launched this year. Uh, last year, what is it? No, this year, this time, 2020. I'm okay. sorry. So sorry. No worries. Um, Again, time is very weird. So. <laughs> uh, in April, and it's about life in the time of COVID. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but from a social issue perspective. So we're looking at um, how people are handling it through mental health. Um, we're looking at people who have been in- incarcerated. Um, we're hearing from people as far off as India, Pakistan, um, women, um, wow, young all people, over the world, old, all over the world, Australia, Canada here, you know, UK. Mm-hmm. So, it, um, like you, you read from the description of what Valley Inscribed is, it's really given a global voice to everyone. Like it's it's an all inclusive and diverse initiative so i mean we've had people from the lgbtq community sending entries to Mm -hmm. um you know so we we look at social issues we look at all of that and we try to say we're all human and we all should have the same rights regardless of what we look like where we come from absolutely um, you know and and all of that and the main thing is to love right we might have different perspectives who might have different upbringings. Someone might be Christian and have some of their more conservative um, views or Muslim or whatever. But the main central theme is whatever you do, do it through love and without the intention of being harmful towards another human being. You know? Interesting, yeah. So um, speaking of this um, interesting, I mean, it sounds like you're almost asking for almost you're almost compiling like a literary journal of this moment. You know how people like keep like diaries for themselves and almost like you're asking people to like write in and create this kind of global diary. Um, And you talk about um, there being a lot of love um, and love being important. How are you seeing love coming into play and what is being sent to you right now? There's a very interesting um, story that is actually called... uh, 
the muskrat in the review mirror. And the narrator talks about, you know, driving in her car and this is during COVID and, you know, she, she narrowly misses a muskrat on the, on the road. Mm. Right. And the poor thing is befuddled then kind of like dazed, you know, just avoided a car accident. Yeah. And, um, She's wondering, do I go out and help? Do I not go out? And she's contemplating all of this. And then a car pulls over and it's this really older gentleman. Like he's old and he's he's like, you know, barely walking. And he goes and he shoots the little thing into the forest. And then it hits her. She's she's kind of young. She's she's kind of okay. But she didn't. But here's this at-risk person. And he goes out and he helps the like i know this is kind of like okay it's an animal this isn't like you know human to human but it just shows that sometimes people who are at most risk of things are some of the most loving uh, most selfless people out there and Interesting, then, yeah. there are other stories about you know saying how we should be kind to each other during this time saying this is a time for us to heal and to come together as a community this is a time to focus on the good things to think of how can i help my neighbor um we have a poem about you know while respecting social distance but attending a wake for someone Mm. who had passed away Mm-hmm. You know, just because yeah. it's COVID doesn't mean we forget our humanity. We should show love to others in a responsible way, you know, in of any course. way we can do so. And um, I would encourage people to read them, you know, like I didn't yeah. really write anything, but yeah, there are a lot of heartwarming stories out there. Yeah. yeah. How many um, How many submissions have you gotten since um, opening this up in uh, April? I think you mentioned when we talked about it before starting the show. I, th- I got about 400. 400. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was selected 44 uh, submissions. Mm-hmm. So each, um, so we have, um, essays we have short stories poetry um um that we're selecting some arts too to okay. go to go beside um the the entries that were selected and um, we have a publication every wednesday and sunday at 10 a.m on the website so uh, there's always new contents every wednesday and sunday every wednesday and sunday at valiantscribe.com everybody <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's um it's been a very humbling journey to be honest with you yeah? yeah um what in particular has been humbling to you so I'll just share something personal about myself. I was living with someone that was uh, immunosuppressed. Um, mm. uh, uh, um, my mom had gastric cancer and she did pass away recently, actually um, in May. Oh, but I'm not, so sorry to hear that. Thank you, but not from COVID. And I was, I was really, what do you call it? I was kind of paranoid about the whole thing. You know, mm. I, I wouldn't let anyone, I wouldn't go out. I use Instacart for everything. Um, sure. Points yeah. where I was almost judgmental towards other people who'd as much as go out for a walk or jog, <laughs> and I just felt like 
how could you go out? You should be in a like a bomb shelter, like not <laughs> just like not doing anything. You should have stopped. No one should be outside ever. Like, Nobody should be outside ever. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, after reading quite a number of entries and seeing the struggles people go through, like um, one of the entries was talking about a lady who. Um, suffers from depression and even though she has contacts with friends and and sometimes with families through zoom it's just not enough you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's she's literally going through hell being cooped up inside and she is responsible when she goes out you know it's not like she goes around hugging everyone and and sneezing you know, in people's faces. faces and all of that and then i was like you know how selfish of me having my 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 own narrow view of things just because of how COVID affected me mm. without thinking of how it affects other people who have other legitimate, serious, you know, reasons for their own reaction to, you know, to, to, the, to the crisis. And yeah. obviously we, um, there were entries for instance about essential workers and, yeah. Um, there's this lady who is like, I'm an essential worker and everyone says, you know, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. They applaud me, but I don't want to go to work because I'm exposed, but I, this is something I signed up for. So I put on my big girl jeans and I'm mm. like, you know, I'm a soldier and this is, this is a war kind of, you know, it's not a warfare with guns, but it is <laughs> in some way against the pathogen. So yeah. I'm going to do my duty and not give in to fear, you know, and that was so humbling because here am I having the luxury of being holed up in my apartment. Meanwhile, there are other people who have to go out there and basically risk their lives just so society can keep on functioning, just so I can have electricity and water running yeah you know just so i can i can actually order that food from instacart through my groceries through instacart right so you can continue to be safe and keep other people safe safe. by keeping safe too yeah yeah um it's been interesting i agree with you um to kind of understand the kind of balance between um duty to society to protect yourself and protect other people in wearing a mask and social distancing and trying to limit time like outside or in like indoors. And then also um, acknowledging the fact that everyone's version of that is going to look different. So I think that's something that everyone has been really uh, thinking about. And really it's just a matter of acknowledging that people have different priorities Mm -hmm. and also should be, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to kind of think about the balance there. Uh, well, on another note, um, as, or a slightly, or sort of similar in a way, um, we're of course here to um, bring storytelling into a fantasy or an imaginary space, um, which is generally what we do here here on Gameplay Radio. Um, and so I know that you spend a lot of time reading these, uh, what sounds like very heartfelt and touching, uh, realistic stories, but, um, what is your relationship with, um, kind of storytelling and kind of a fantasy environment? And like, what, what, um, like, what is your connection along those lines? Well, uh, I would, I would say I'm an aspiring writer. 
but <laughs> I think anyone who, who I have been lucky enough to be yeah. published, but uh, wonderful. I, Congratulations. Thank you. But I'm still as, um, aspiring. I've only been successful in poetry, but uh, I, I, I say that only because I used to dabble in short story writing and one of them was fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, genre so that was that was a lot of fun um and <laughs> Fan- fantasy is a lot of fun so <laughs> it is a lot of fun it is very it it begs on your imagination so um i am excited about this game because it's it's um it brings up my creative side so to say um in that mm. kind of you know sphere yeah yeah but you've never played any sort of role-playing games before no no, no, so this this will be a first, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's my absolute pleasure to uh, give you a first facilitating experience into the uh, amazingly vast uh, world of tabletop role playing games. Um, so, welcome and congratulations. I will say, yeah. um, but this isn't your first time uh, finding something that you like love or geek out about, about stories either. Like before we started the show, we also kind of talked about what your favorite um, thing to geek out about is. And um, what would you, how would you describe it yourself? Um, well, I love to read. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I love fantasy. I love sci-fi <laughs> and I love historical and yeah. everything. Fa- like almost everything mm-hmm. i just go into it um Love it. favorite book right now ah oh, wow 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 that's gonna be there's one that i always love and that is pride and prejudice by jane austen i'm sorry oh, i think i classic. read that book yeah like 200 <laughs> times it is a classic um right now i was just reading um ender's shadow you know it's in the mm, the ender's game sequel right yeah 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 i've read it before but i was just you know going through it again sure and um i just concluded reading um the book woman of um troublesome oh. creek i don't think i've read that one well it is a very good read it's it looks at the blue people of kentucky so oh. um there was i forget his name um there was a man who came from france and it's, it's this um it's a genetic disorder that has to do with the blood this is a non-fiction um it is fiction based on it's on fiction facts. okay yeah okay based on facts. i was gonna yeah. say wait actual blue people or is this like science fiction that i should yeah they're actually actually blue people okay well yeah, yeah. i've learned something new today <laughs> yeah, if any cool. if anyone uh is blue and watching this show welcome uh and you're really cool so <laughs> Now let's see if we can get her into a little bit of story as well, shall we? But before we do, I of course always have to do uh, some on-air reads for the station. So I'm just going to run through those really quick and then we will get into the story. Friends, as you know, COVID-19 is shocking, disrupting everyone's lives right now. And Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. Uh, We're doing the best we can uh, to ensure the health and wellness of our hosts, staff, and the community at large. 
but most of our revenue streams have evaporated and we need your help. Uh, we realize that you may be hurting too, but if you can afford to give a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us stay on air. Uh, there are three ways that you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some t-shirts, mugs, and other swag we'd like to send you to say thanks. Uh, you can also use your phone to text RFB give five that's the number five so rfb give five to four four three two one it only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation finally if you absolutely have to shop on amazon put their dollars to work for us by going to amazon.com smile and register radio free brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support when you do a percentage of your sales will go to radio free brooklyn and it will cost you nothing no donation is too big or too small whatever you can afford to give will make a huge difference we thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather the storm together stay strong guys we can do this all right let's get into a bit of game so uh, the game that I have decided to play with Deborah today is called The Steadfast and the Rebellious. It was created by W.H. Arthur, uh, written for something called a Jammy Jam Jam, which just sounds fucking fun. It just sounds so fun. Um, but generally, it is a tabletop role-playing game and a storytelling game. Uh, the description of this game is that we are inhabitants of a a city and we've been living in false peace under the rule of a demon king the last wall which offered your city limited protection against the demon king has fallen citizens are left with two choices do everything the tyrant demands or resist will we rise victorious against the demon king or will our resistance be futile we play to find out so this game um is a game that actually in could be considered a bit of a prologue to a longer game if you wanted to, or it's just the uh, a story of the creation of a resistance. Um, you can play with two people, as we're going to be doing, uh, with one person facilitating, uh, who can also play a character, which is what I'm going to be doing, because I like multitasking and I like playing as well. Hey! Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, of course, uh, whenever you play a game, um, I would like to point out that this game has also mentioned that um, it's important to establish what safety and support tools are going to be used at the table. Um, it's important to do that for any storytelling game, but um, maybe we'll get into that another time as well. Uh, essentially, that's what we're going to be doing. So we have each picked a character and uh, we pick these characters and they're based off of different suits in a deck of cards, which is going to be our main item to be playing this game. You'll see as we go along. Um, and we have picked uh, from the four different, from the four different uh, families, um, Club, Spade, Diamond, and Heart. Deborah, what did you choose? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the character that you've made so far? Uh, I chose the Heart, so... Um... The heart represents love, and it helps you address problems with your charisma and healing power. So my character class is cleric, and I am driven by my compassion, and my enemy is hatred. Wonderful. Uh, your character has a name, right? Absolutely. So it's a peculiar name, and it goes Shekina. Shekina? Yeah. Okay, Shekina. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, 
I am going to be playing with you. I'm going to be playing, I chose a diamond character. So I'm going to be playing um, a mage. Uh, the diamond represents clarity. Uh, I solve problems with my smarts and magic. Uh, classes, again, it's a mage. Uh, I'm driven by my desire for truth and my enemy is deception. And I decided to uh, m name my character Mira. Uh, mm -hmm. which is, uh, and uh, she is a she slash her, or her chosen pronouns. Um, so we kind of already discussed um, the genre. So we're going to be playing in a city that is, you know, pretty modern, probably. I'm picturing something that's, you know, shockingly a lot like New York City, but with magic in it, um, if that sounds good to you. Oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and then we have a couple of things that we should decide together, and then we'll get into a couple of card drawings. Um, where do we gather our fellowship? I think the rooftop is, is, is the, it's a fun one. Yeah. I kind of like that stories. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think our, our resistance would meet on, on top of the rooftops in, um, maybe like a rotating location so that we don't get caught. Mm, yeah, we could yeah. go to the tavern too. I think there's a tavern option. Yes, there is. So the like, so these answers are kind of suggestions for things that we could be doing. But um, yeah, maybe it's it's a tavern rooftop that we go to, and then we can like go around the city that way instead of being underground. Um, okay. Next question: What is a symbol of freedom in the city? So this symbol of freedom is basically something where people um, hold hope, essentially, in in like the fact that the city is not completely oppressed. Let's I kind of like see. a lot of these options that they have here, but um... it's not really easy to go to the Statue of Liberty. Well, I guess we could say the Statue of Liberty. We could. We could say. Um, we could say the statue if we wanted to say something along the lines of like the statue and like uh, Ellis Island where people are mm -hmm. in this fantasy world freely and welcomingly um, and easily allowed to come into the country and the city and be a part of it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, what was the last wall that protected the city from the Demon King? So it could be a literal wall, or we mm. could think of some other metaphorical wall. Mm. What do you think? Mm. Well, I mean, if we're basing it off of New York City, I would imagine it, the, the theoretical wall would have something to do with money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since it's a fantasy world, I am also cool with it uh, having to do with maybe there's some sort of... Uh, protection in the city from like the rivers that surround us maybe there's some sort of like magical protection in it that he managed to get around hmm yeah i like that yeah 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 great like maybe a new, one of those invisible um protective what you call it uh barriers that keep keep out the water or something like that sort great i'm gonna write this down because why not yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, note takers. I like that. Um, roof. Okay, got it. Wonderful. So we have this set up. And uh, now that the city is created, uh, we can start um, 
creating the character and bringing the characters to life. So what we're going to do now is we should each draw four cards from the deck, from our individual decks. Um, and you ho- we're gonna hold on to these. Okay. And essentially we're going to take turns here. So um, based on uh, the class that we were given, me a mage, uh, you, uh, Shakina, um, a cleric. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to, based on the, um, based on the suit of the car- of one of the cards in our hands, we're going to pick that to be the, uh, to define what question we answer about our character. Yeah. So um, if we go over to the cleric set, the cleric page, there are a number of questions there. Um, and you can pick uh, between any of the suits that you have in your hands, whatever cards you have, and um, choose to answer that question and kind of define your character a little more from what you get. Sounds good. So do I flash you my card? Yeah, yeah. What, um, <laughs> what, uh, what have you chosen? I chose. Oh wait! Looks like it's a queen of heart, a queen of diamonds. Yeah, queen of so diamonds. So it looks like the so a member of the court, as it says here. So a queen is a, a separate question from the suit of diamonds. So it looks like the question you're going to be answering is, uh, you belonged to a religion that is now a mouthpiece of the demon king. Oh my god! How gosh. do you come to terms with that? Can I just? go on hunger strike (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah if Shakina wants to go on hunger strike she can do that in protests Uh, let's see Uh, let me give it a think yeah Um, give it it some time give it some thought so I belong to a religion that is now the mouthpiece of the demon king pretty Mm. horrible yeah, I know that's the worst thing that could happen to you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what to do? Um, I would have a shadow persona, and mm. to subvert whatever the demon king tells us to do. I would I would feed the rebellion with information on you know. Oh, interesting. So you would remain part of the religion. Um, but you would uh, use it kind of like as a spy for the rebellion. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Because religion is usually law, right? Like, like um, kings or patriarchies, they, they always use religion as kind of a, a weapon. Like it's the the right hand, the right hand of the ruling class, kind of you must abide by this because a higher power yeah yeah religion says yeah and if you don't follow it then you're damned so yeah and then these new rules always you know appear from nowhere and it's like uh toss say it whatever you Mm. shall now do blah 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 so uh and then that shapes what will happen so i guess being inside in the in group so to say gives me faster access to whatever upcoming changes <laughs> will be I like implemented. That. Yeah. And then yeah. that could be passed on to rebellion. So they know how to protect themselves before uh excuse my French, ship hits the roof. 
<laughs> Hell yes. Okay. Uh, well, glad you're keeping on top of the shit. Hey. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so I guess now let me figure out what I'm going to answer about my mage, Amira. Okay, all right. I'm going to do... So I have an ace of clubs in my hand. So I'm going to use this and uh, answer the question. Uh, you play with fire. What did you burn down, figuratively or literally? So that's going to be a fun one. Of course, I don't have an answer immediately, so I'm going <laughs> to need to think too. Yeah. Side note, I just love magic. Like, it sounds horrible when I'm talking about the context of burning something down, but... Um... <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> I wish I had magic. My life would be perfect. I'll just, like, get my food. I'll just put a spell to get food cooking and another spell to get my whole apartment clean. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean... That, that would be perfect. You could use a spell to, like... You know, I would apparate wherever anything. I wanted to go. Especially oh my god, yeah, COVID, it would never right? be on public transportation again. At all, we wouldn't need it. You know, we would just... I would never have to worry about, like, weather, what the weather was like. If it was hot, I would, like, do, like, a cold yeah. spell. If it was cold, I'd do a hot spell. It's great. I know. Oh, and magic. just, like, be like, uh, New York, you want to be hot? Well, joke's on you. I got a spell for that. Oh you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I wish there was a spell for this. Whew, boy. I know people in other states, uh, it gets hotter other places, but there is like very little escape in the city of heat. Um, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, what did I burn down? Uh, Mira burns down. I'm going to give Mira a complicated pass. She played with fire and... Um, burnt down a uh, city block by accident. Ooh. Just one side, just one side, one one side of a road. She just burnt down like a couple buildings. Uh, and she... Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably. I don't know, like, I, I would like to save her from saying that uh, that everybody died because I don't think I would hope that wouldn't be the case um, probably people got injured but uh, yes thank you for, for your crossed fingers I appreciate it uh, <laughs> yeah I think um, I think after that happened she realized that um, magic could be hard to control um, and that she wanted to um, maybe because and she did it because she was kind of bored with magic and she just wanted to see how how like far as she could take it so maybe that's how she kind of decided to um kind of focus herself a little bit more and that's how she kind of became more of like an educated and thoughtful magician in that way nice good came off it thanks okay i got there i got there um okay now uh it is your turn to develop a bond so the next question is what are your bonds with the others in the fellowship now there are only two of us playing so why don't you draw one card and uh, that will help you define what your relationship, what Shakino's relationship is with Mira. Mm. Ooh, an Ace of Spades. Yeah. I always love that card. I don't know why. Huge fan of the Ace of Spades. Yeah. Uh, so your question, um, there is a ritual that we perform together. What is the ritual that we perform? Oh, <laughs> 
rituals. What comes to mind when someone says ritual? <laughs> yeah, that um, won't traumatize ourselves or anyone else. I think I watched too many uh, Enchanted series, so I don't know. Man, just... no such thing as too many of those. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Uh, ritual. Okay, I'm tempted to be really lame here. And Do it. Shakina's be lame. gonna be very lame, okay. Um, the ritual is exchanging um, jewelry that has, you know, names inscribed on them. I don't know. Oh, are we best friends? Yeah, like, you know, a magical kind of inscription. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe there's something like our wands, our wands can do that automatically is kind of a ritual. You say a spell and then it inscribes names on, like, you know, so, so jewelry. We, so we own a jewel. So we own a jewelry making business together using our magic. Is what I'm hearing. Oh no no no! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking okay. that there's like a magical like that the this jewelry is like a, has a spell on it, or that we use magic to make the jewelry? Yeah. So I was starting with something really lame, and now it just kind of evolved as I was talking to you. So we okay, say a keep spell. Okay, keep going. Keep going. We say a spell, and yeah. then two bracelets appear on our individual wrists with okay. um, each other's names inscribed on it. How's that? Ooh. And, and these bracelets cannot be broken because we're bonded. Great. Yes. A literal bonds. Best friends for life. I love it. I appreciate it. Okay, great. Um, all right. Now it's time for uh, me to choose my bond with you. <laughs> based off of that. Let's see what I've got here. I got a four of diamonds. Ah. So uh, my diamond question here is uh, we went to the same school when we were kids. Um, what did we study together? <laughs> I this is I, I like this bonding part. This is good. Um, let's good see. One. Is it bad I want to say like home ec? <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I loved Homek. I think I got an A. That was one of the oh, only subjects awesome. I got an A. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I never got to take a Homek class. Like that was what? part of my education. Yeah, it was super. It was a super bummer. Um, I've been having to play catch up ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a magical Homek class. Yes, yeah. We learned how to use magic to cook. I don't know. Yeah, my meal got an A, um, but I think. That's because I put too many spices in it, and yeah, I kind of cheated. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I spice, almost killed the, the baby are though. though. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. This isn't like your real life home ec class that you took. You didn't like in real life do this. You're talking about the fantasy home ec class. I just trying to make sure that you didn't. <laughs> you're not telling me that you in person almost killed a baby with spices. <laughs> Not a real baby. Okay, okay, all right. Whew. <laughs> they, they, also, they also give you this, like, uh, dummies and in uh -huh. home ec, so you're supposed to also learn how to, like, swaddle and how to bathe a, a oh, baby. Oh, oh, right, like, right. All, yeah. It's all part of it, you know, and table setting and all uh -huh. kinds of crazy things that nobody uses now. now sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, yeah, I almost drowned the, the toy <gasps> baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's very no. sad. 
Yeah. Good thing that uh, in this game, um, yeah. my powers are healing. So I think it kind of applied years back in real life somehow. It just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you were like, hmm, alternate, in an alternate reality, <laughs> there is a woman named Deborah who needs my help. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect. I used time travel, all of that, and, and just helped her right, out. You yeah. went to your friend Mira, and she figured out how to do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's how they had to get, the, like, the bond, because they were that's... like, it's that, like, that's how Mira was like, hey, you got to come back now. Like, You see? We did perfect. it. We, we made a whole story now. We, we can publish this. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> We'll write it up. We'll write it up to after as soon as we're done with the show. Great. Okay. Uh, fantastic. We have our connection to each other. This is our fellowship. Um, the next section is called Rising Up. So here we go into more resistance stuff. So in the next part of the story, uh, this guide tells us uh, that we ask what incited our characters to revolt, uh, what are our weapons against the Demon King, and what are our greatest obstacles. Uh, so we're going to be drawing cards to answer these as well. Um, how about you draw um, what incited you to join the rebellion first. So you'll see there's a section for the cleric and you're welcome to draw a card and see what it says. So a seven of spades. Spades, yeah. All right. So um, spades again. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all coming up spades for you. Um, <laughs> all right, looks like your question is, uh, religions other than the one, other than the worship of the demon king are outlawed. How was your place of worship desecrated? Um, this is actually kind of in... This is kind of contradictory to your last one. Yeah. Unless you it can is. think... If you can well, make I, it work somehow, like, by all means do it. If not, like, I'm cool with you trying to draw another card. <laughs> I think I'm gonna draw another card. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Sorry, I mean, if your religion was... Right, if your religion was the religion of the demon king, then how could yours, how could it be desecrated? Really? Yeah, there's, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna shuffle a little bit. Okay, you need to get a a heart or a thing of the court. Those are your only options. Okay. Oh, I got this one. Six ah, you hearts. got hearts. Yeah. Great. Oof. Oof. Okay. So. So the question for here says, the city guards are rounding up groups that do not conform to the empire's ideal. Who are they? Who are they? I guess people from other religions. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else. <laughs> Everyone else. Everyone else. Let's see. What do we know about the demon king? We just know a demon king came along. He instituted his own religion, right? He picked your religion. Yeah, look at that. Mm. Um, yeah, picked my religion. That is now a mouthpiece for yeah. him. So I'm guessing anyone who, if you look at history, I'm drawing from history and mm. from anything else, if you don't toe the line of the religion, then um, it, 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 sometimes there's this massive intolerance, so to say. So I guess sure. everyone else, yeah. Everyone else that does not follow that. All religion. right. Mm. That's that's pretty damn inciting, if you ask me. Mm. Um, all right, let's see what I get for the mage. Let's see. I have drawn a 10 of clubs. 
Oh shit! So this one's dramatic. Okay, I've, this is this is wow. Uh, it says you spoke the truth and were accused of crimes you didn't commit. What are you accused of? Oh wow! I know, right? Wow, that's heavy. That's so. You know, we're, we've been having fun with this, but it is actually kind of a serious game. Um, let's see. I can mean honestly, I could see it as um, if if we want to tie it into Mira's past, where she burned down a city block. Uh, maybe um, with the knowledge that that happens, um, they made it so that it like as evidence of the fact that I was um, like I was accused of um, using. Awesome. Of, of arson, I guess, of, of like using using my fire magic in order to um, like be a threat and burn down uh, burn down the uh, meeting places of people who supported the Demon King. Mm, yeah, that works. Yeah, and then basically made people be like, "This person's a menace." Oh. Okay. <laughs> um. Next up is the our weapons so this is where we're going to answer what our weapons are against the demon king so uh why don't you draw a card let's see what you get i got king diamond all right you got a member of the court uh it says your faith takes a physical form that can be used to attack your enemies what does it look like that's cool I know. I just like, oh my god, what's my favorite animal? Um, <laughs> looks like a lion. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Oh. All right. You've got a. You've got a. You've got a. Um. A spiritual lion. Okay. And for me, I also got a member of the court. I got a queen of diamonds. Um, oh. Uh, my my weapon, unshockingly, is. A violent and chaotic spell. What, oh. what is the ca- what is the collateral damage so far? How is this like playing so well to the character I've drawn? I don't. Wow. Um, okay. A violent and chaotic spell. What is the collateral damage so far? Um, I mean, I would say at this point that um, although Mira has learned how to kind of control her fire magic more, that she has. It's still, whenever she uses it as, like, a weapon, it still causes, you know... I think a lot of the collateral damage are, um, you know, the buildings and potential bystanders nearby when she uses mm-hmm. it. Like, it, it's fire, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's in the middle of a drought, like, she could unfortunately cause a lot of damage that way, too, so... Let me see, yeah, your character kind of just played out really nicely over there. Like, and yours is um, yours is kind of turning into like kind of like an epic like protector of the week in a way. Yeah, instead of just healing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last part in the rising up phase is the uh, what are our greatest obstacles? So um, you've got a section. Draw a card and let's find out what your obstacle is. Um, oh, I got a seven of spades. Alrighty. Another spades. Um, Another spade. So under your They're chasing me. I know. So one of your obstacles is uh, cultists who worship the demon king. Uh, what makes them dangerous? They are more hardcore than the religion. 
like what what kind of like creepy like what kind of thing do they do you know what i mean yeah like cultists maybe they they have um this occultic meetings where they sacrifice people who oppose the demon king in some kind of ritual yeah some sacrificial sacrificial ritual of all opponents of not all but opponents of the king of the demon king um so basically they are killing my brothers in arms you know the members of the rebellion um murderers it's very dangerous yeah they're murderers. it is yes um okay great i draw a member of the court the queen of clubs Ooh. um uh, my obstacle is angry mobs. Um, you can just mobs. use the fire. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, but but the question is, what lies do the regime make them believe? Goodness gracious. But so the regime makes these angry mobs believe that magic users don't respect and think themselves better than non-magic users. Division and strife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, um, let's keep moving forward because we're uh, getting towards the end of the hour here. Um, wow. I went by fast. I know, right? Um, okay, next. So this is like, this is like the reasons that we have risen up and um, the next, part of uh this of the story is actually um um the way this describes it says dawn has arrived and a new day has just begun uh the horrible night of battle was over and the light of dawn pierced through the darkness you are alive for now uh did we win and what happens next let's see uh, so, okay. All right. So the rules for, for figuring out if we won the battle is that we're each going to draw two cards and depending on, um, the number card, uh, or like, depending on the kind of cards we have, uh, we're going to figure out, um, what the majority, like, I guess what the majority is. All right. Okay. Uh, would you like to draw first or should I? Go ahead. All right. I'll draw first. Okay. I have drawn the top two cards. I have a six of clubs and a three of hearts. Um, oh. it, it says here, if I play a number card of my own suit, which my suit is a diamond. So no, neither of those count. Oh no. Um, so my both cards, if I play a number card with a different suit, it says that I suffered a terrible defeat. Um, <laughs> which isn't great, but uh, let's see what you got. Not much better. I okay. drew uh, Ten of Spades and uh, Joker. Um, oh, man. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> I guess we were defeated. I, no. guess, um, oh. I guess... I guess we suffered a terrible defeat. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow, you are 
You are you suffered a terrible defeat. You are battered and broken. Do you have the will to fight on? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think uh, Mira's gonna have to. Um, she's she's got to make her crimes amount to something at some point. Yeah. yeah. We will live to fight another day. That's for sure. <laughs> we will. We will. We will. Um, and uh, as as a follow up to the epilogue. It says, when the dust settles, we take a few moments to gather our thoughts. As a group, we ask the following questions. So, how do we see each other? Have things changed after the start of our rebellion? Let's see. Well, I feel like we were already pretty close to start. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the storyline. Right sure. Now. Mira is a little out of control, so... <laughs> Not particularly. She, she's growing. She has grown. Mm-hmm. You know, first she, she, she has this power that she doesn't appreciate the, 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 the weight of, and through an unfortunate incident, she grows into this more responsible person, who is using her power to do, good, sort of, so to say. That's oh. growth. Thanks for grew. Thanks for thanks for holding my character up to a high standard. I appreciate it. Well, let's see. The cleric, uh, the cleric becomes a mole. Yeah, I mean, and... I would I would think Shakina um, really kind of developed a like perhaps a sense of purpose over the course of everything. Like at the start, it was just about her religion um, being kind of corrupted, and then by the end, it was about defending the weak. It's true. I think. Thank you. <laughs> I had to return the favor. <laughs> like hearing you say it, I'm kind of like, oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah. She does have some points. That's true. I think yeah. it's, it's easier for someone else to see your own story as opposed yeah. to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, as storytellers... Um, Especially in collaborative storytelling, there's a lot of, you have to, there's a lot of, um, you have to have kind of comfort in how you portray your character. But I think the best part is when uh, you pay attention to other people's characters too, and kind of help them define that also. I think that's really fun. Those are like some of my favorite moments. Same. Now, now that I've experienced it, it is yeah. I can totally agree with that, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> so um, I guess that's kind of how we've changed. We have a couple of more questions here. Let's see if we can get through them. Um, how does the Demon King respond? What nefarious plan is he putting into motion? Well, how does he okay. respond to our defeat? I would think he would have a bottle of bubbly and be dancing on top of the rooftop, but let's see what the cards say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's any um, drawing to be done here, but um, yeah, I would say that he was probably very proud of himself for doing that, probably, you know. Yeah. Takes all the credit for himself. Mm-hmm. Hugs it all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, all right, last one. Uh, how does the rest of the city view us? Oh. They view us as valiant warriors who you know try yeah. to do something try to effect change and maybe we inspired them no 
Maybe uh, as we suffer but continue to fight, it will inspire them to come out too. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, usually in these situations, it's one of two outcomes. It's either look at how brave they fought for us. They weren't able to do enough because they were too few. So we will join them so we can achieve their goal or our collective goal of freedom, right? Yeah. Or people cower in fear and decide we will not do anything because we have been um, a perfect example of what will happen to those who rebel. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be um, probably some of both, <laughs> but hopefully more of the first one. Hopefully more of the first one. All right. Well. Um... I think that's kind of all the time we have for the rest of the story, but I think that was, that was pretty well done. What did you think? How was, uh, how was this experience for you of the steadfast and the rebellious? I think it was a good one. I think it's really deep, actually. It is a game, mm-hmm. but it really asks, the, the questions really run deep. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it makes you think about your moral values and kind of like it's all nice and fun watching a movie or you know or reading a book but now when faced with the questions you actually feel yourself drawn into the story and makes you really think of if presented with this situation how would I react it's very easy to judge when you read a story about oh that person should have done that, or that, person <laughs> should have done that. yeah but now it really makes you think it makes you know yourself yeah I think yeah that's it yeah well, welcome to the world of role-playing. Thank you. And, Thank you. and tabletop RPGs and storytelling. Um, I hope that you find this as a good uh, gateway into an amazing world. Um, I certainly appreciate you doing with this with me. I thought it was interesting and insightful and a really cool game that I'd never played before. So uh, thank you so much uh, for playing it and also to WH Arthur for creating it in the first place. Um, and thank also, you. yes, and also, of course, um, thank you for being a guest and for representing uh, Valiant Scribe. Um, people should go check out all of their content on valiantscribe.com. Uh, anywhere else that they should be looking for you? Um, basically, just valiantscribe.com. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And um, another thing to watch out for is we have a, um, a calendar of kind of free events and workshops that are going on, you know, mm. like um, by Poetry Foundation and the remaining. So, you know, if you want to learn how to write poetry, there's a free workshop coming up and, you know, like giveaways and stuff like that. You can find that stuff on the website too. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, well, I hope our listeners go and check that out. And of course, um, pay attention to uh, the gameplay radio archive too but in either way whether you're just a, a hang a person stopping by to listen once or a fan who's been listening for a little while i thank you so much for being here at gameplay radio here on radio free brooklyn and i wish you guys uh, a wonderful and safe rest of your afternoon um filled with uh the choices that you are willing to make if that makes any sense okay <laughs> it does oh thank you i appreciate it Okay, great. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, and thank you again. (laughs) Stay safe out there, everyone. Yes, stay safe.